Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today is information security education. I'm pleased to be talking with Dr. Peter Stevenson, Norwich University's Chief Information Security Officer, as well as Associate Program Director for the school's Master of Science and in Information Assurance Program. He's the Chairman of the Computing Department in the School of Business and Management. Dr. Stevenson, that's quite a title. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's how I keep the blank space uh, clear on my business card. <laughs> uh, Peter, tell us a little bit about your information security program and the type of students that it attracts now. Well, when we talk about our program, we have to sort of split it into the, the master's program and, and the undergraduate program. Uh, the master's program is actually a little easier to describe because being an online program, it attracts students from all over the, uh, literally all over the world. Uh, our students in the master's program have to be in the business already or, an, or a, a similar business, so they could be in IT, they could be an auditor, or they could be in information assurance. Uh, we do get a fair number of military, uh, military students because we are, after all, a military school. The undergrad classes are a little bit different because there's a mix of information assurance and computer science. Our information assurance students tend to tilt a bit towards the policy side, but we do have some that are, are most interested in the technology. So we are in the process of making some distinctions between those two kinds of students. Most of the students in the master's program join us because they're looking for advancement to higher, uh, higher job responsibility, often chief information security officer responsibility. Our students in the undergrad school very often are looking at uh, military careers or careers in, in government agencies. Very good. So how are these programs structured to prepare these students to seek this career once they graduate? Well, again, we'll make the distinction between graduate and undergraduate. The graduate students already have their their careers because they are mid-career adults. So they already have that taken care of. Our undergrads, though, uh, we have a number of things that we do uh, specifically for them. One is we have some, some long-standing relationships with uh, military uh, organizations, and that can be it within the DOD or it can actually be uh, soldiers, sailors, marines, and airmen. So what we do with that is we specifically target them to be able to step into a career in one of those organizations uh, by such things as uh, grant competitions for National Science Foundation, which is a scholarship for service program. They, they give back for uh, the time that they get their scholarships. If it's, if it's military service, Army, Air Force, Navy, or Marines, uh, then they may be on uh, an ROTC scholarship. For our civilian students, they also have a tendency to gravitate towards those DOD uh, possibilities, and with that, they can go directly into a government agency or with a contractor, and we work very hard to ensure that our students have internship opportunities with either government agencies or contractors. A few just go out into the world, and so we look for, for um, 
we look for internship opportunities there, too, in the private sector. Have you found that with the economic situation that these opportunities have constricted at all? In the government, strangely enough, they have not. It's been the other direction. Uh, I was uh, attending a National Science Foundation conference uh, two weeks ago with four of our uh, our students who are scholarship students. Every single one of those students got at least one job offer from a government agency. Some got more than one. Uh, the the worse the economy gets, uh, the greater the the need for the kinds of of people that we teach. Uh, the bad guys get badder, and so the good guys have to be more prevalent. and And the government seems to recognize that. There's an estimate that there are going to be something like 2,400 new jobs just in information assurance in just the Department of Defense and Homeland Security over the next five years. 1,500 of those will be in NSA. Now, let me ask you a question I think might be appropriate for your graduate program. How do you help students who want to transition from other fields, who have had mature careers and want to get into information security? Well, they come to us largely in two groups. Uh, either they come from an audit background, typically an IT audit background, or they come from an IT background where they've actually been in the IT shop. Uh, and all of these individuals have touched uh, information assurance in their jobs at least enough to know that they want to transition into that field. Uh, and the way we the way we manage that is the first seminar, and our seminars are 11 weeks long. The master's program is uh, 18 months. It consists of, of six seminars. And the first seminar we conduct is intended to provide a solid foundation for uh, someone who is not an information assurance professional when they enter the program, but has the kind of background that allows them to be one with the proper education. Uh, we take professionals who have been in the program a long time, perhaps are certified already, and they begin with seminar two. They skip the first seminar. So we provide that grounding. Uh, we've had students during their uh, during their their time in the program get promoted, get transferred into information assurance jobs, and some have either been laid off or have left their jobs and almost immediately been picked up in an information assurance job. So whatever we're doing, it seems to be working. Very good. We talked a bit about the economy. How would you say that you know, the recession in general has impacted information security education? It's been hard. Um, in the graduate program, we find that companies now who were paying for a full education are now asking the students to share that cost or they're taking it away altogether. One of the automotive companies, for example, was giving uh, some of our students a full ride and in the middle of the program took it away. Uh, in the undergrad uh, program, the problem is in getting student loans and in getting scholarships. Uh, a large percentage of students here and at every university are there with some kind of financial aid, whether it's, it's a student loan or a scholarship 
or or something of that nature, they're not paying the full ride themselves. And when money gets tight, students and their parents are forced to make some very, very difficult decisions. Yeah, I've covered education and, and business for a long time, and one of the things I'm always aware of is sort of the give and take and the sort of necessary tension between education and the private sector because you've always got the private sector saying the schools aren't giving us what we need and the schools saying the private sector is not telling us what they need. What do you find that you need most from the private sector now? Well, one of the things that we found is that because we participate in National Science Foundation Scholarship for Service Program, what they call the Cyber Corps, uh, we found we've learned a lot about what an employer really wants because our students are required by the terms of the scholarship to do internships with a government agency while they're at school, and then they're required to take, it's a two-year scholarship, so they're required to take two years of service with a government agency. So we have to monitor that closely. It's part of the, the requirements. And we've learned a lot about what, uh, what government agencies want to see in students. So we apply that to how we prepare our students and the ones that go into the private sector, uh, we help them apply those same principles. And to give you an idea, a major consulting company, one of the top maybe three or four, um, in, in technology in the country, uh, takes, regularly takes our undergrad students as interns. This past year, uh, we had, the past summer, we had uh, two students, three students go over there. Three students went to work for them, and two of them are graduating this year. One's graduating, uh, next December, and all three of them have job offers. Very good. So it's working. Peter, what do you offer uniquely to the private sector from your programs? Our students are, are rather unique, um, especially our undergrad students. Because we're a military school, there's a, a very strong uh, desire on the part of our students to serve. Now, we're not 100% military. About a third of our students are civilians. About two-thirds are in the Corps of Cadets. So you would think that there would be a dichotomy between the civilians and, and the cadets. turns out, for the most part, there isn't. Uh, our students have this strong desire to serve, and that's picked up on by uh, employers, whether they're public sector or private sector. Uh, the students are willing to learn. They come into uh, an internship or a new job with a rather unique perspective, and the perspective is that they're there to work. They're not there to sit around and 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 maybe shuffle some papers or work in the mailroom. They're there to get down into a project. And we found that, that employers who take the students on as interns greatly appreciate that attitude, and, and they let the students do more than uh, they would normally allow a student to do, and it's always been successful. I, I, I've been with this program now for almost five years between the master's and the, and the bachelor's degrees, and I can count on one hand with plenty of fingers left over failures we've had uh, in, in that context. That's very good. Uh, last piece of, uh, of advice from you, some insight. For someone that wants to either start or transition 
into an information security career right now, what one piece of advice would you give to them? Don't underestimate what you're getting yourself into. It sounds awfully glamorous. Um, there are, and, and pilots uh, experience this, there are days of boredom punctuated by moments of terror. In our job, you do a lot of fairly routine work. It's not the same thing all the time. There's huge amounts of variety in what we do. But when we're forced to deal with a crisis, it's a crisis that happens very quickly and needs to be dealt with very quickly because things move very rapidly in cyberspace. And so my advice is if you want to uh, get into an InfoSec career, be aware of what you're getting yourself into, have a very good mix of both technical and managerial and policy uh, experience or education because there is no one area of information security that's isolated from any other. Very good. Peter, I want to thank you for your time and your insight today. Well, it's a pleasure to do it, and uh, I hope it's uh, useful to your listeners. We've been talking with Dr. Peter Stevenson from Norwich University. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.